Don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid of change, but embrace it. Get comfortable with unfamiliarity. Every single action you take, every single decision you make, every single word that comes out of your mouth has an impact to the left and the right of you, above and below you. So be intentional about your everyday actions. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Welcome to the Decision Table. This is the finale of what has been an amazing series. Seriously, using the lens of what I really believe, and obviously, actually, after doing 30 of them, 30 other leaders do believe as well, is that there is a need for a new approach to leadership. So this is the finale to this as a lens on the decision table. So I'm looking forward to it. We have amazing people here, awesome humans. I have Ethan Cody Moore right beside me. I have Janine just over there. You can see her full head, not ours, like ours. We have Dee over there in the corner representing the East Coast of the USA. (laughs) We have Nick Hill. I don't know who he's representing. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? But he's representing. He's I, just, here. I just represent. I represent every woman. I represent. I honestly, Respect. I am so grateful you guys are here on the table. Here's the thing. Again, I just want to reestablish there is no judgment, you know, Zilch. on this table. No. And so everyone can say whatever they want. And as long as it brings respect to others that are on this table, I want to be clear on that. I also, there is no agenda except that I want us to have a look at what has been sort of said. And then I want to see as a collective what we could think as next steps, maybe consider what uh, even maybe it's more conversations around. I'm not sure because I have no idea because I'm not you. But I hope that as we go through today, that we will have, we will come out the other side with maybe how as a collective, we are going to be looking at as a collective going forward, how we can take what we've learned here and do something with it. And maybe there's more room for discussion around things. I'm sure that'll come out of this conversation, but I'm looking forward to it. So thank you everyone for being here. And yes, have you got your waters? This could be an interesting conversation. <laughs> this is why I made a full one already. I'm I'm good. You're good? Ethan's good? All right. Dee, are you good? I'm good. I got my water. I'm good. Janine's good. Nikhil? I got my tea. Uh, Nikhil, you're good? I'm good. When you do that, when you do that, I think of the car, you know, when you're in a car and you see those bobbing heads. Oh, the, the bowing head thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember Anderson. those? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just be, I want you guys to really realize that you don't have to agree on this table on everything that's being said, okay? This is not, this is the reason I've brought you guys on here isn't for you all to agree. And maybe we will agree, who knows? But 
I do want to show you a different viewpoint, I guess. Yeah, yeah totally, right? So here's a few things. I just want to go over some of the things that have come out of the need for a new approach. There's been so many, and I'll be writing all of this up into a white paper, but there's been some certain things that have sort of stood out from other things, and that's curiosity, conversations. There's a need for it. There's things like joint purposes, uh, accountability, human connection, an out-focus, not in-focus, a collaborative kind of new leadership, one that promotes empathy. Let me have a look. Some of the other things are driven, but one that's driven not with differences, but everyone bringing what I call distinctions to the table as a positive thing, not a negative thing. Things like to do things with strategies that are different, seeing humanity as stakeholders, to bring a hope, a difference within that, to see humans first and challenges second, to ask different questions, to realise we come from different perspectives. There's a few. Any thoughts around that? And maybe just put your hand up first and then I know to call you first or whatever. Any thoughts, anyone? Nikhil. Okay, Paul. I have to say that is such a range of ideas mm-hmm. and concepts. I actually am trying to think where do you begin with something that yeah. broad, right? Just full disclosure, I'm just thinking, holy cow, I'm actually trying to think of topics that we could think about here and start off talking about. But I think really that's actually reflective of where leadership is at the moment. That's what I'm thinking right now. That there is so much, there's so much diversity, there's so many things going on right now. I think leaders around the world right now are probably thinking, oh, my gosh, where do we start? Yes. Right? That's good. Um, there's a lot of things. Janine and Dee, I heard both of your brilliant, brilliant decision table conversations. Just absolutely love them. And Ethan, obviously, I saw yours as well. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, it, it was brilliant because there were just so many various things that were covered. And I think this is actually one of the issues facing leaders right now is that there's just so much. There's this massive sense of overwhelm, just like, bombarding people and I think leaders are a choice right now they have a choice to either step up you know and actually do something about it with a new approach which is what Marie has been saying or it's like let's go down this old approach and let's just keep doing you know bashing our heads against the wall the way we've always been doing it and when nothing happens uh, we go back and we we have another meeting and talk about things and then you know we come back and try using these old school methods of bashing our head against the wall to try and get results and we've seen it's not working Right, we have seen it's working. We see it everywhere. We're seeing it in corporations, in business right now. We see it in government and politics happening right now. We see we think it happening community issues right now. It's because we've hit this this point, the convergence point, usually between new thinking and old leadership, and the two just don't work. The two just don't meet. And I think that that's really a good place for us to maybe have a chat today. Is that okay? What do we do to bridge that gap? Yeah. I love that. Okay, Dee, some thoughts? Yeah, one thing that you said, Nikhil, that was, well, many things, but one thing that trying to mesh the old with the new, and a lot of leaders are still trying to do that now, and because they're not willing to change, some of the leaders are being left behind. So it's very important that we see that the change is happening now. It's not happening later. It's happening now. It's already here. So now let's begin to implement those things and let's change it. 
And uh, it's okay when the, the change feels uncomfortable or we're not sure what to do. That's okay. And I think that's the, where the uncertainty is because they're still trying to figure it out. Sometimes you're figuring it out as it's happening because it's new. It's a new thing. So let's let's go back to what you did that was not working. And when the implementation happens, let's implement based on what you know did not work. Let's sit around the table like we are now and have a discussion and see how can we make it better. And that's what I think a lot of these is doing now. So the ones that are not doing it, they're getting left behind. And it's sad to say, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Janine. Yeah, I think, you know, what both Dee and Mikhail have raised is the amount of uncertainty and questioning around what actually is it that we are supposed to do next is actually in itself creating a whole amount of internal tension. Mm -hmm. And this to me is where the humanity piece comes back because irrespective of being a leader, whatever leadership means, irrespective of where you're at in an organization, the reality is, is that if we are going to move through this and come through this better on the other side, if we're going to come through and create more collaborative leadership, more curiosity, more joint purpose, more human connection, more acceptance of the different distinctions that individuals bring to the table. Actually, the biggest challenge that leaders face is actually starting to understand themselves and understanding their internal fears, the stuff that they are worrying about, the stuff that brings the vomit to the mouth, the stuff where they're going to have to be braver than they've ever been before, to fundamentally be prepared not to conform. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge because our natural human instinct is we go back to a rule book. We go back to the seven easy steps. We go back to whatever the leadership guru writing is right now Mm -hmm. and try and fit the behavior change, the strategy change, the culture change to a set of parameters. And actually what Dee and Nicole, I think, have both actually brought to the table is the sheer amount of uncertainty and external challenges that we're all facing, that we're all trying to navigate to determine how do we build better leadership? How do we build better organizations? How do we build better cultures? Actually requires all of us to go, shit, what about me do I have to change? And I think that is the thing that unless we face it, that is what, as human beings, we step back into our norm. We step back to our comfort zone because it's unsettling mm-hmm. when you're actually having to have your own judgment, your own rule books, your own behaviors to now challenged and changed. The easiest thing is stay where we are, get paid the big bucks, get paid the bonuses, keep doing it as we've always done it. Yeah. That, Ethan, you were going to say something about the conforming. Yeah, so I was just saying, yeah, when going gets tough, people seem to always go back to what they already know instead of trying to change. Yeah, and I think that that's all those things are things that have come up so many times. You you reminded us, Janine, of us as an individual, the importance of what we're taking, what we're owning as that part of that journey. It's Actually, comments are coming in here at the moment too, so I just want to keep an eye on those. Leaders often don't share their vulnerability 
or of their fears and problems, etc. Personally, they hide them. You know, the vulnerability and personal piece of this yeah, as an individual came up a lot throughout the conversations throughout this time. So all of those things are just, you know, brings back to the table that there is so much for us to keep moving on, so much for us to, you know, that like in Nikhil and what you were saying that could be like overwhelm, could be like don't even know where to start, what to start. And I think that this is why we've got to have these kind of conversations where we are like as a collective, what do we see as priority? And then, Dee, you were, I loved how you were just reiterating what he was saying, but also, you know, pushing on to going, well, that's, that's why there is this need. That's why we are having to do it differently and that there are leaders wanting to make these changes. And I think that that is an interesting point in itself that, there are leaders wanting to do it, but I still feel there are a lot of islands versus the collective. And then, Janine, you brought it back into very much the personal side of it, going, yeah, as an individual, what does that look like as a leader stepping that up and owning it and, and where do we take that? And then, Ethan, the conforming, oh, my goodness, like, you know, this is where it's really hard if we're going to do it different. We know that, like you said, Dee, that there's a need for things to be different. But how does this actually play out? So I want to just bring up one of the questions here because I think this is a, an interesting thing to take this next piece. You mentioned outward focus rather than inward focus to make sure we can still show empathy. Where is the fine line with still needing some inward focus? I'd love everybody's personal thoughts on this. Can you just clarify that question again? So what's the question? Hey, you guys should be able to see that, by the way. You guys should be able to see oh. the comments. If you okay. have comments come up oh. on your side. Yeah, if you put comments up, you guys will also be able You'll to see, see this. So it's Samantha Riley. So it's a, hi, Sam. Good for you to be here. I love it. You mentioned yeah. outward focus rather than inward focus. To make sure we can still show empathy, where is the fine line? With still needing some inward focus. Yes, I think. That's a great question, Samantha, and I think therein lies the biggest challenge. I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a continuous infinity between getting curious about what's going on externally, making sure that as a leader you can get perspective on what is happening in front of you, and getting curious about how people are feeling and how they're responding, and equally getting curious about what information actually are we not hearing or are we not noticing. Equally then immediately coming back to yourself and going, how am I responding to this? Where is my judgment taking over? Where is my unconscious bias taking over in terms of trying to solve this problem? I think this is the challenge because we all naturally have a go-to point where we feel comfortable. And that point is one of either deflecting from myself and constantly focusing on everybody else and just trying to make sure the external environment's sorted and then our internal fear, pain, anxiety takes over but we never verbalize it. Or we go, some people go to the other extreme and it's all about them and they don't give a shit about what's happening yeah. externally. 
And I think this is the balance that all of us have to work with. And this is why it isn't a one size fits all, because as human beings, we are all so different. As human beings, I love your word, we've all got different distinctions. As human beings, we're bringing so much of our life experience, our perspective, our different cultures, our different heritage, our different experiences to how we are making judgments and how we are deciding what's next. And if we're not careful, if we're unable to fluidly Keep going outward, inward, outward, inward, realizing that you have nothing to lose, nothing to prove, but essentially ensuring that as a collective, we are meeting each other where we're at, we're constantly learning and we're moving forward. Therein lies the biggest challenge. So I don't think it's it's an either or, it's more a continuum that as individuals, as leaders, we need to start getting curious about. So, for example, why am I feeling tension? Why am I feeling angst? Why am I feeling judged? Why am I feeling afraid? Why am I feeling confident? That internal questioning so that you can bring the best of yourself to the conversations to enable momentum to move forward is part of the challenge. Mm -hmm. That was very deep. Very good. Yes. Yes, yes. I think for me, that question, there, there needs to be a balance because sometimes the leaders can be so emotional connected to the outside where they forget about themselves. So to me, it, should, it really should be a balance. You should be able to know and be aware of what's going on around you and how it can affect you, your family, and your business, like what's going on now. But you still need to be able to have balance within yourself because a lot of times I noticed that with, with the leaders being that they're not focusing on themselves, they look at them and they forget about the, who they are. They forget about them. So they become so engulfed in their business that they forget their own identity. That So when the business is not functioning, they wonder, well, who am I? Because they're not, they, they don't have that balance. So you can't, as a leader, be so focused on the outside and not the ins- not yourself. So to me, it has to be a balance. As, as a leader, you have to be able to be balanced to know what's going on, how to shift and maneuver, how to change if you need to be, but also being able to make sure that, you know, you're able to have the correct decisions for yourself because you cannot be so engulfed in your business, but you forget who you are. But your business can close tomorrow and then you want to, who am I? You have no identity outside your business. No, you need balance. I think you need balance to be able to effectively function on both. Any thoughts? I agree. If you don't have balance, well, you're right. Who are you without your business or who are you in that business? Mm. You really do need balance. Yeah. Yep. Nikki, any thoughts? Yeah, so... I love what you guys are saying, but I'm going to be a little bit contrary. And not that I disagree with you, I just I want to present this as an alternative perspective, that there is no continuum, there is no balance. There is just an integration of who you are internally and externally. The fact that you define that there is a line there basically is what's causing the issue. So what happens if there's no line? What happens if there was an integration of who you are internally with who you are externally? What if you were just being literally? I know it sounds really fluffy at that point, But if we were to bring that into practice, you know, there's a beautiful story that I read about business people in the Mediterranean where, you know, when someone was talking about work-life balance, there was like, what work-life balance? It's like our work and our life. It's it's our life. There is no line here which says one day you're this, next day you're that, one hour you're this, next day you're that. 
you know, our kids, they go to school, they come home from school, they come to our bakery, they help us out, they're getting to know our customers. We just integrate it. This is what we do as a family. This is just who we are. There is no difference. There is no separation. Work, life, it's just life, right? But I think when you think about it in that way, one step further is that internal, external, you know, you can look at some of the great teachers out there who say, you know, as within, so without, perception is projection, you know, as above, so below, all those different things. I look at it from that point of view is that, okay, the very fact that you're defining that there's a line there is probably what's causing the issue, right? Would you think if your internal and your external were both being reflected, what happens if when you were out there in an external but being internal at the same time? And partially that's what, that's what was being said by, I think, Janine, you were saying that there is, why can't you both, right? So same thing, why should there need to be a line? What happens if we remove that line? Oh, we're getting some... Day first, then, Janae. Okay, when I said the balance, because sometimes the leader don't even know who they are. All they know is that I have, I am, if you ask a leader sometimes who are they, they're going to tell you, I'm a business owner, I'm a wife, I'm a husband. But to identify who they are as a person, as a human being, they, the generator, sometimes they don't know. So when I say the balance, not that I'm drawing a line, I just need to make sure that the leader knows who he is or she is outside of everything because you are first a human being. So who are, are you trustworthy? Are you reliable? What makes you up as a human? You know, that's where the balance comes in. And it's not that I'm drawing a line because I, I, I hear you, I feel you because if the line is, that means somebody split. So I don't mean that. I just mean that you need to be able to understand who you are as a person because the person comes to the business. The person comes to the marriage. The person comes to everything. So as the person, who are you as a person? So when you understand who you are as a person, then you can be effective in any situation. Love it. Janine. Yeah, and I think as Samantha said here, this is why there's so much angst, right? Because we're all we're all saying the same thing in that we don't necessarily believe there should be a line, and yet society has created that line. So I would I think that the question that's now going on in my head is what is stopping it? Because we can talk about leaders as a subject matter, leadership as a subject matter. And as experts, we can work with leaders to try and help them become better. But there's a bigger issue. What is it that is stopping people from integrating, from being brave enough to determine who they are and therefore who they're bringing into work? And I think part of it stems from this innate desire to conform, to conform to an expected behavior model, to conform to an expected set of results we've got to get, to conform to how to deal with difficult conversations, to conform to how do we build strategy, to conform to what it means to be a leader. And I think, Dee and Mikael, what you're saying is that is the challenge. How do leaders, individuals, bring themselves as a human being to everything that they do? What is fundamentally stopping it? And I think if we can get through that, that is what the biggest challenge is. Because essentially we're stopping it ourselves. Each yes. of us individually is afraid to buck the norm, to bring ourselves our foibles, our rubbish stuff, our dramas, our tears, 
our fears, the fact that we actually don't have a clue how to get our businesses out of the year 2020 and 2021. And instead, we conform to being an expected leader. And I think that's where the angst is going on. This is why the coaching industry is making so much freaking money right now. Okay, Nikhil, you were about to say something as well. Awesome. I love the question you posed there, uh, posed there, Janine, is like, what is stopping us? I mean, my perspective is just this wonderful identity that we're holding on to, that people are placing those labels on us. And I, I noticed that Jason says to us that we're all saying the same thing. We're all talking about the same thing, just using different phrasing for it. Yeah, I think these, it, it's not so much, we are maybe saying the same thing, we're just looking at it with different perspectives. And I think I just want to address that. It's not that we're disagreeing, but it is. It's different lenses, right? Yeah, right. perception of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's just about different lenses because yeah, we all, you know, we're all different. But I think it's an interesting question you ask. What is stopping us? In my mind, I think it's this fake identity that society's imposed on us. But when I look back, you know, through the way human beings are conditioned, we're conditioned to be tribal. We're conditioned to be, you know, conformist because non-conformity, not listening to the leader, not listening to the the tribal head would get you ostracised and kicked out. So you had to face the elements and, you know, the wild beasts and starvation and no warmth and community was everything you needed to survive. So conformity is kind of built in our DNA. And I think we're at the point where is it evolution or is it time for revolution in the way we're thinking to actually move beyond that that cluster thinking and start thinking more as individuals? Because we also, I mean, it's a little bit cliche, but every single person is a leader within themselves. But then the question is, does every single person want to be a leader? Right? Does every single person want to be that leader? Some people are just quite content in following. Some people are quite content in saying, you're the leader, you tell me what to do. So my big thing over here is, okay, cool. What do we do next? So how do we address this? What's the answer to this? And Tarkis is just saying we're a good-looking crew. Thanks, <laughs> That's what we need to do. <laughs> That's exactly what we need on Sunday morning. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah um, look, I think, Nikhil, just so many of those the whole thing that we have talked about right now is the wholeness of a person rather than just seeing the like, individual piece of, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. an individual. So as an individual, we come as a collective. And I think that part of this individual is that there are some that would stand up and be strong and be a leader. There are others. If we had all leaders then we would have no followers. So who is leading? Like, honestly. And And so that's where it goes from individual to collective. Now, that's one piece. But then we've got to go, okay, and I'm hearing what you're both saying, Janine, Dee, but here's the thing. Like, we have a systemic way that has kind of brought the old style of leadership to the table. It has got us, served us, maybe, maybe not served us, but... If we're not careful, we continue to do it the same way. We continue to fall or default back to what has been conditioned as a systemic way to do it. The biases that then come to the table because that's how it's always been done. That's how it's always going to be doing. And I think it comes back to us as individuals to then stand up to going, well, how are we going to do that differently? So, yes, we see it as a collective. Yes, this is the default system. And yes, how do we now, what are we going to do with that? Because I think that it's so easy to go, and I've been guilty of this too, that you go back to, well, everyone else does it this way. If I do it differently, 
they're not going to understand me. I just had a conversation with someone who is so smart this morning and he's changed everything about what he's doing right now because he wants to actually do the person that has been sort of hiding inside for so long. Mm-hmm. And he's known, he's, he's um, you know, made a lot of dollars. He's a very smart man. And now finding, hey, but people aren't understanding me. People don't get it. And I'm like saying, here's the thing. As a leader, and if we have to shift this as individuals, we need to become more confident to stand strong in whatever that is and to know that if you truly are to stand strong as a leader that is willing to do a new approach to leadership, then it takes for you to be able to pioneer a new way. And that is not comfortable. No. And I think part of the challenge behind that is everything that you're talking about 100% agree, yet it's beaten out of us in the playground. That willingness to be different, to question, to ask a deeper question, to say, I don't understand this, I don't agree, is beaten out of us in the playground, in the schoolyard. Because from the dear dot, we are trying to conform and to follow rules. And this is this is part of what we're trying to do. I mean, I'm a victim of that. You know, as a kid, it was like any point of difference was beaten out of you by the schoolyard bullies, by the queenbees in the workplace, by the 360-degree reviews in corporate. Anything that is different is shaved off so that you become this lovely, smooth individual that goes into the workplace. And what we actually need is to find those cracks again, find those sharp edges, build up that belief and that confidence that you don't have to agree with the masses. So if we take it to leadership, if we take it to an organisational perspective, you know, the hardest thing to do is to ask the deeper question, is to ask the next question, is to yes. challenge the decision because actually the easiest thing to do is to go along, to make a decision and to move forward. To create the space to allow challenge and debate and difference of opinion and difference of insight and acknowledgement of what people are scared about is something that has been written about for so long. We've talked about authentic leadership, we've talked about real leadership, we've talked about mm-hmm. courageous conversations, we've talked about curious questioning. There's a lot of theory on this stuff. The reality is actually doing it is hard yeah. because, again, it requires the individual to essentially have the courage of their conviction to go when everyone around them is saying yes, like your client this morning, when everyone around is saying but this has been successful for you. Why the hell would you change it? The hardest thing is to be the one person, the yeah. individual, the person that's talking from heart, not just from head. And I don't know whether as a society we are actually building ground up these skills. We can bash our heads against the wall. We can train leaders. We can run training programs and write books and all of that stuff. We can do all our jobs as parents, as leaders in a community. But the reality is the world likes us to fit in boxes. And I think in our own kids' schools, you know, I remember my daughter who is very much an individual. 
disagreeing with a set of girls in the playground and the teachers put together, let's have a listening circle, girls, because we've all got to get on with each other. No, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to ask Ethan the question because I think out of all of us, Ethan, you've not always fit in a box. You've not always oh, been, gee, yeah. you know, even on this conversation, like, you're the younger generation representative here. You also represent those with special needs here. You know, what is it, what's it like for you to be the different one and how can we bringing that more into what we're doing? Any thoughts? Honestly, I'm at a loss what to say, but I'm just thinking that just listening would be best. Always listen to the problem so that you can try and find a way to fix it. That's all I can think right now. Yeah. I know that's not profound or anything, but like. No, I think I think it is profound because I think part of it is that we're not creating these spaces to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Every single one of us can create those spaces. And yes. so we can start shifting the style forward. Part of the reason I'm having these conversations is because now we are having this conversation. So it's not impossible. But I think one of the first things we have to do is create the space for it. And then we need to be able to listen to one another as we're having this conversation. This is what today is about. We're listening. We're learning from each other and and how we're processing what we're just, you know, taking on board this month. I love what you said there. And I think as being different means that you've learned the strength to now listen and then go, hey, when do I speak up? When do I go, this is not a now thing, this is a later thing? I think that sometimes is an important thing to remember. And then other times it's like, and this is one of the things I brought up this morning was, hey, you've got to realise that not everyone's going to understand the journey as you're going on the journey. Some will continue with you and others will have to come on that journey as they start understanding and watching what you're doing. And I think that that's an awkward thing when, like you say, Janine, it's so easy to go to what is the norm, to go back to what is accepted, to be fitted into boxes. Nikhil, any thoughts? Yeah, I just want to ask a question to you, just springboarding off that, Kira Marie, because I think I'd love to pick your genius brain on this one. One of the thoughts that's going through my head is that there comes to the point where individuals may want to make the change. But I think there's something, you know, we see it happening throughout history where there seems to be something in the air which causes people to actually say, enough, it's time for us to make this change, right? And I don't know whether it's been explicitly spoken, but when we look at, you know, movements around the world where we look at things like, you know, the French Revolution, the American Revolution, a civil rights movement, you know, things like this, we're talking about socio-political movements, it moves kind of beyond the individual. I don't think it was any one individual that kind of started it. So how far, firstly, do you think we are off that point? But secondly, do you think that the world needs that right now, that we need that collective consciousness to mobilise and say, okay, we're kind of done with this? Yeah. So firstly, I think there are so many lessons to learn of how not to do things that we're not listening to. And instead of seeing and, you know, there's, I know there's a lot of people who go, we've got to be so positive about this. Listening feedback and identifying gaps is not being negative. It's learning. And we've got to learn and not to be afraid of those mistakes or bringing to the table those uncomfortable things that, hey, 
this might be working for you, but it's not working for me over here. And be comfortable with that. So that's one of the things out of that. I think there's also another piece, and that is as a collective, well, firstly, you've got to be so strong in who you are and know what you stand for, but as a collective, be willing to go, how do we evolve? How do we not just continue this journey the same? How do we take on board maybe things that could help us to shift this forward? And then what would we need to do and own to then take that as an actual change? And here's the thing. When you get people that are around you that become your collective of that, it draws other people into there because they go, what are you doing that's different to what we're doing over here? And that's where I really am strong about movements. That if, And I think that as we continue as leaders right now, that we need to literally join together as a collaborative, as a collective, doesn't mean that we all agree, doesn't mean that we all look the same, doesn't mean that we've all got it together. But as a collective, we know that we are evolving. As a collective, we go, our main vision is that we want to add value to humanity, not take away from it. That's our starting point. It's where we want to see things keep evolving too. And then we collectively go, what do we start doing to shift that dial forward? And it becomes not just this big issue or these big issues because we know there is major pressures on our global economic, social and environmental challenges across the globe right now. We wouldn't need to be, I believe, very stupid if we ignore that right now. Now, this can become so big, so enormous that we don't even know what to do, where to start. Oh, my goodness, I'm just going to leave that for Janine to do because she yeah, can do that. Yeah, no, Dee's got that sorted. I'm not going there. Ethan, he's the one. I'm going to go over to my corner. Nikhil's got this sorted over there. We could say that, right? But I think we have a responsibility. We've created an awareness. Yes. I love that. And when we've got an awareness, we now have a responsibility to go, yes. what are we going to do? How do we shift that? And how do we do it as a collective is going to be way more stronger than as individuals. And that's where it comes back to that individual to as a collective. Dee, I know you wanted to say something. Yeah, I really love that because listening, you would not even hear the problem if you're not listening. So just to listen to exactly what's going on, now you can make an intelligent and articulate response from not from your emotional side, but the, a side that has some empathy, but that is clear. And now you're able to see how every movement started by someone heard the, the voice of people. They heard what the people were saying and yeah. they wanted to move. And then they joined forces together to make the change because you need the people with you to make a change. So now that's where the collective force come in for everybody to join together, the ones that are willing and see the vision, hear the cry of the people, and now they're able to say, what can we do? Every movement from way, way back up until now, every movement started because somebody was listening to the people. Oh, so powerful. Yes. 
can I ask you a quick question to you, Dee? I know that you're over in the United States right now and you're seeing a lot of this type of collective change taking place. I just love, you know, I'd love to know what's in the air at the moment, like literally from, you know, from the ground up. Like we hear stuff, what the politicos are saying, we hear stuff like what, you know, what journos are saying. But from, you know, from a real solid person on the ground that we all know, like, do you feel that energy of change? Do you feel that that vibration of, you know, it's time to shift happening right now? Yeah. And what's the buzz there? Like, we're really like, you know, from the ground, the grassroots level, like, what's the buzz? Well, it's just, well, in the New York side, I would say that we're a little, we're divided, but it's more for a change than staying the same. Which I was before it was completely with half said yes, half said no. Now I'm seeing in New York that more people are saying enough is enough. Enough is enough with the cops not being held accountable. Enough is enough for not making actual change. And now they don't mind walking the street. They don't mind protesting. They don't mind. And it doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter our belief. We're coming together for the common cause. The good of humanity, the good of the people, because guess what? Just because it was your color today, it may be your color tomorrow. So we're coming together for the change of the people, for society, because if what's affecting here, it, it can spread. One thing they say, a little leaven can spoil the whole batch. So that little bunch that's there, it's just started spreading. But because the people stood up and they said, we will not take this. That might not have been my child, but I felt the heart of the mother when that man was saying, Mommy, I need help. He was calling off his mother. So somebody heard the cry of the people, even today. So someone is hearing, someone's listening, and they're moving and they're coming together. Even when there may be some, some not the majority on the sidelines saying no, people are still coming together for change. And change is happening. Laws is being changed. The different things is because somebody is standing up. And that's where, who has the guts to stand up and say enough is enough? Exactly. Okay, so I just want to answer this question. It's been here with um, Jason. How much depth exists in the doing-based leaders right now? I think leaders need to think what's under the road being built rather than building the road itself. I thought this was an interesting question. So question again is how much depth exists in the doing-based leaders right now? I think leaders need to think what's under the road being built rather than building the road itself. Wow. I think that talks to what Dean's just said, to be honest, in that something happens which causes people to start going enough is enough and essentially the shift is changing so as you know if we take big business or leaders that are continuing to keep going in the way that they've gone actually what's happened 2019 2020 going into 2021 is this momentum is starting to build at the grassroots level which is what d is as just shared. And I think what happens is that reaching such a scale, it's the stuff under the road, which again then comes back to what Ethan was saying, is the leaders that don't listen to the momentum that is happening outside of their control are the ones that will build businesses that are not relevant to the people. 
And it's that ability. I think that there's an added dimension to the listening piece because we can all listen. You know, there's hundreds of things where we learn to listen. But the big challenge, I think, is how to listen without judgment. I think it's tricky because, again, every single one of us, no matter the color of your skin, the religion you have, your cultural heritage, how you were brought up, the job you're currently doing, Every single one of us has this internal coding and judgment. And the hardest thing that we need to work on, the hardest, the biggest shift, is to be able to listen without judgment. Yes. It's really tricky, right? But if we can listen without judgment, that's when we can see the road, what is underneath the road that is being built. We can actually hear what is being said as the momentum starts building. Because as Mikhail said, togetherness, actually, the collective togetherness is the only thing that has ever driven change. Mm. Togetherness is the only thing that has ever driven change. And this is why I'm really excited about where the world is going. The worst thing that we can do is listen with judgment and go back to exactly where we were. So I look at the people I work with and the amount of questioning around do I want to go back and work in this way? How do I change as a leader? Say, like, what actually are the KPIs, the results that I want to achieve next year? Yeah. Actually, what don't I want to do? What, right. what, what don't I want to do in my business next year? And so the That's questioning right. is starting. And I think this is where that momentum, whether it be race, culture, environment, economy, all of it is bubbling. And it's the organizations and the leaders that listen to Jason's point of what is going on beneath the surface. Yeah. that are the ones that will survive through this. But listening yes. without judgment, I think, is one of the biggest challenges every individual has, no matter where they come from. Uh-huh. So firstly, hold that thought, Nikhil, because I do want to ask one question to each of you. Dee, how do you have no judgment in what you do? Just one thing, a strategy, thought, a doing. One thing. I mean, I would say to, to have no judgment it, it could be difficult depending on your own belief system and the way you want to think, the way you think. But if you look and view everyone as a human being and not take it personal, I think then you'll be okay with no judgment. Don't take it personal. Love that. Okay, Ethan, what about you? Ooh. Gee, I don't... No judgment. How do you do it? Like No judgment? Yeah. I treat everyone the same as mm. best I can, at least. I like that. Okay. Thank you. Nikhil, what about you? This is so interesting because my very nature of the work I do is to actually facilitate people to make judgments. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I thought it would be an interesting conversation. <laughs> I love it. I love the question. So, honestly, I believe that, you know, that taking that no judgment approach is so powerful. And the only way you can facilitate a judgment is by first having no judgment. And for me, it's stepping back and being the observer, not the actor. Right. Sorry, what was that, Ethan? I was just saying, but this time you are. So it's a little interesting You can't escape it, buddy. You can't. You just can't. I just can't. Can't, right? But I think, yeah, like taking the position of the observer as opposed to the person, you know, being the actor. I think that that's the way I do it. Me? Yeah. You see, I think it's an acceptance that we all judge. 
I think actually the only way to move forward is to accept that I, Janine Garner, judge people without realising that I'm judging. And I'm judging other people because of my life till now. And only I accept that I have all of these internal distinctions and decision-making tools that may or may not be right. In fact, most of them are wrong. Actually accepting that I judge and have been willing to change and willing to learn a new approach is the only way we can move forward. I think, you know, I think to people, and people go, I don't judge. I don't judge anyone. I treat everyone as like, I go bullshit. I go, you walk down a supermarket, you pick up the, you know, all of those wonderful magazines and you see Kim Kardashian on the cover. You go, of course she looks like that. She's got all of that help. She's got all of that money. Blah, blah, blah. You judge. We judge each other all the time. And I think until we can own that that is one of the horrendous flaws of each of us as human beings, and until we can be prepared to relearn, to have our judgments to now challenged and changed, until we are prepared to actually go, you know what, every single day, of every single moment, I am learning to become a better human being, then again, I think that's part of the challenge of humanity. It's part of the challenge of leadership. It's part of the challenge of change. It's understanding that we all judge. We all do. But it doesn't mean that we're wrong or right. It's just understand and be prepared to change. Be prepared to have the difficult conversations. Be prepared to go, Oh my God, I never realized that that's what I was bringing to my decisions. Oh God. And instead of beating yourself up about it, just go, shit, I need to change. Where where's that come from? Where has that belief system come from? So I think it's for me, it's an understanding, it's an acceptance that I judge. And yeah. yes, yeah. I am absolutely right. willing to be changed, to be challenged, and to learn to become a better human being. And I love that because there's a willingness there and being able to be take that on. I think all of those were brilliant. I think, you know, if I think about what is one that I do, one of the reasons I don't have a pre-conversation with people who come on the decision table is actually on purpose. One of the things that I don't do is go, what do you do? Who do you work with? How do you do that? That's There's a purpose to this is that there is so much that we listen to someone we meet them, we find out about them, what they do, and then we take on our own conditioning that comes with biases, and then we may come within the judgment from that. And I don't ever want to do that. You know, there's and, – and so I actually put a strategy in. I literally, as soon as people – and you guys have been on this, so you know I'm not making this up, but I literally just go straight into the conversation because I don't even want us to – think that I'm going to take us anywhere because if I do that then I'm not open to listen to where the conversation needs to go and and be able to navigate that and I think a lot of what we're doing these days with this new approach about navigating these uncomfortable conversations to actually go well what are we going to own from those conversations and then what change will come outside from that and you know this is not like agenting this is not your norm this is not this is not something that i always talk about your decision dna it's not your natural dna to go around going 
because that's how we've kind of got on in life. We've got, we've figured out, although that's how they do it. Oh, I don't like what they do. Don't do that. And then we make our decision based on that. And where we're bringing this conversation today is that what if we had less of these principles where you do it this way because this is how you're meant to do it to going we start using lenses, right? But that's a whole different gamut. That's not the norm. It's not. And, and a lot of us as leaders don't even know how to navigate it. Right. Let alone want to have these conversations. Come on. There's many that don't even want that. So we've already established there's some people that honestly don't want to come on this journey. And that's okay. But keep doing it the old way and you'll keep getting the same results. Right. But if you're wanting something to change, if you want change to happen, then there has to be a willingness for us to have uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. How do we even do that and how do we navigate that? And so for many, many won't even go into this piece because this next piece is uncomfortable. And as humans, we go towards what we know, what we're comfortable with, rather than going to things that are tricky things that are uncomfortable, and maybe we don't even know what to say. Maybe we don't even know how to navigate this. Yes. I know you've got some thoughts. Dee. Yeah, you know, one thing too, sometimes just to release, release yourself because you want to control the atmosphere, you want to control the situation. Leaders sometimes don't want to release themselves. So they want to be in control because they felt that power of already being in control. So now when you come to a situation that you're not aware of, you don't want to release control because you don't want to be afraid to say, I don't know. Uh, it's okay when you go into uncertainty. It's okay because now you're uncomfortable. Actually, when you're uncomfortable, you can grow a little bit because you're uncomfortable. It's in a space you're not aware of. So now you're going to have to learn something new which makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. I love what Jason's said, his last point in that comment. Is it about doing what's right rather than being right? And I think that's where the uncomfortable place comes because, you know, for so many, the ego or the need for power or the need to be liked actually fuels the need to be right. And, and it is stepping into that uncomfortable place to go, you know what, I potentially don't have the answer here. I actually don't know what to do. Actually, maybe I have fucked up up until now. Actually, yeah. maybe I am not the best leader to take this organization to where it needs to go. Maybe it's time for me to back up or off or to, you know, and it's that uncomfortable because human beings naturally we hang on to our safety space and I think that uncomfortable thing you say I'm like like Jason again I'm just reading his comments I love the uncomfortable zone I do too because to me that's where opportunity exists yes and I think as leaders our job is to create uncomfortable zones because it's only when we shake it up it's only when people start feeling a little bit uncomfortable where you push it just a bit that the truth comes out the, the real views, the real opinions, and we've got to be brave enough to shake it up. We've got to be brave enough to push buttons, to hear the truth, to hear the opportunity. Because keeping safety, this whole concept about 
the environment being really safe, I had to think too safe doesn't shake things up because people stay, this is safe, this is lovely, this is warm, this is my cosy blanket, this is my comfort. I don't want to change this. Why would I want to be uncomfortable? So again, it's that how far do you push it such that the uncomfortable zone unlocks opportunity, unlocks real conversations, brings the truth to the table, which is what we've seen, I think, in 2020. We've seen the space being created for people to start challenging and questioning and creating the movement that Mikael talked about. It's starting to happen when people, it's okay to talk about this stuff now, whereas it hadn't happened for so long. As And our job, I think, is to keep allowing that and enabling those conversations and not being afraid that, you know what, you've either potentially got to change yourself totally, learn, listen differently step back I don't know I don't know I want to ask each one of you is it okay to be talking like this now Nikhil is it okay to be talking like this I mean it's okay to talk like this here but is it okay I don't think it's okay to be honest I think it's necessary I think it's an absolute I agree with that I think saying the word okay is almost yeah whatever almost I think it's not about just being okay it's a requirement I think the people are demanding it on us It's just that we're the ones that are having the courage to step up and do it. Mm. D? I think it is necessary. But to just touch on what he said about the right, sometimes you have to give up the right to be right. It's okay to say, you know what, I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I didn't do it right this time. So give up that right to be right and let's have the conversation. You didn't, you wasn't having it before. Admit it. Admit that we were not having it before. It was not working before. Now I'm admitting it. I'm being vulnerable. And I'm saying now let's sit and have the conversation about whatever it is, whatever the challenge is, whatever the difficulty is. Maybe it's even in your home, but let's just sit and have the conversation. Yeah. But do you think that this is okay? Do you think people are seeing it as okay? Because, and I'm pushing back on that because here's the thing. If people were thinking it's okay, then why is it creating more division when we speak up? Why is it creating these unsafe platforms where when we're speaking up, people are starting to do hate conversations, threats? You know, like if it is so acceptable for us to be doing this now, yes, it's acceptable here because there's a willing space for it and there are willing people to do it. But I don't, yeah, no, I saw I still don't think that it's okay because if it was okay, more people would be doing it. Jeanette. I think fear is why they're not doing it. That's fear. Fear yeah. is I'm going to be judged by society. I'm going to be stoned. There's fear, but there will be a group of people like the ones on this panel that will step up and say, they think it's not okay. Society maybe says it's okay, but to really have the movement and the change and the difference and something new, somebody's got to speak. Janine, you were going to Yeah, I think the critical point here is, as has been said by the panel, it's not necessarily acceptable at this moment in time, but it's a necessity. With necessity comes the fact that there are pockets of society that don't want to have the conversation because they have their own judgments, their own fears, their concerns about change, but it should not mean that we don't have the conversations. So maybe actually part of the challenge is to actually all of us accept that if we are going to drive change, 
then part of that is we have to be prepared to have conversations with people that do not want the change to happen, that don't agree, that, and come at it from a place of curiosity, of non-judgment as to what is their real fear. If we shut it down, it's going to be another pocket that bubbles underneath. Yes. And I think, as Dick said, more of us, like the people that you've spoken to this month, uh, that are brave enough to ask difficult questions, to have themselves challenged, to listen without judgment, to be prepared to take one action closer. And whether you're doing that in your own home, in your community, in your business, as a government, that is how. But the only thing that will ever drive change is us together. And when change starts happening, there are always going to be people that are fighting against it. Yes. The decision we've got to make is, are we prepared yeah. to have that battle? I am. I am absolutely prepared to yes. have that battle because without the battle, nothing changes. Without yes. the battle, nothing changes. And I no. see it in my own home. I see it in the schoolyard. I see it in the businesses I run. We need to create that when I say battle, what I mean is the uncomfortable stuff. We need to have those uncomfortable conversations. We need to put people together that don't agree in the hope that we can meet somewhere and move forward together. If it's always them and us, it will always be them and us. Yes. Jenny, can I just pick you up on that? Because I think that, that is just amazing how you, you articulated it. And I just want to really build on that and just also clarify. One of the things that you said that it's, it's not about them and us, that just triggered for me something really huge is that we're all fighting for the same side. Mm -hmm. You know, when you realize that we're all fighting for the same side, then battle is about trying to find the best solution, not about trying to defeat each other. And I think too yeah. much we're seeing right now, just, just to add to what you're saying, is that we're seeing too, too much of them versus us as opposed to us together. We see that in politics, we see that in social movement, we see that in religious movements, we see yeah. that in community, you know, issues there. But what if we did take that perspective? And, you know, I love the fact that you just raised that because it's just like got a whole flurry of ideas just right through my head now. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Just Pleasure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Dee, did you have some thoughts on that? Yeah, I think sometimes people have different solutions. And that goes back to what the guy said about giving up the right to be right. You have different solutions, but it's the same problem. So now let's look at the root of it. Like he was saying, the, the what's beneath it. Let's look at the root of the problem. Let's look at how, what, maybe your solution is right, but maybe there's a better way. But what is the better way? So because if, if it's the one problem, we all agree this is the one problem. We all can't be right. So let's be willing to give up that right to be right to find the best solution. The best solution for this problem and how can we implement it? Because there will be some casualties whenever there's a war, whenever there's a problem. Somebody's going to lose something, but what is the best solution? And I think that's the problem that people look at. They always think that their solution is the best. No, yours is the best. No, what is the best for humanity? What is the best solution to, to actually have an answer for this problem? And I think if we can think about that, I think things would be different. I also think that part of the challenge is, yes, what is the best for humanity, but maybe getting curious about what is the best for humanity right now. So maybe it isn't about going, we want to go from here to here, but actually if we go from here to here, we are making a step in the right direction. 
Correct. And maybe if we started accepting that what is right for now isn't necessarily right for the ideal future, but actually right for now is stepping us in the right direction. And maybe that's where all of us have to be learn the art of compromise. What is right for now? Right. So, Janine, I would take that a step even further, and that is our going back to what you said, Dee, and something that is so strong on my heart, which is we go back to the decision table saying that humanity are the stakeholders. That's our ultimate thing. We want value there. But the reality is we're not there. So have a look at our starting point, and I think that that's what we've been talking about. That's the conversation is our starting point. Yeah. And going back on what you said, Janine, is so how do we go from our starting point, which is here, to making sure that every decision we make is actually using the lens of humanity as stakeholders? That gap is so big. Yes. And so what we need to now do is go, how do we do the next step? And it's not that that changes. We want to be there. That's where we're aiming for. That is the core vision but that we are shifting and working towards. And I think that this is often the thing, that we think if it's too big, whether it's in whatever anyone is building right now, I want to be having, you know, a business, an organisation that has no judgment or all-inclusive, right? And we go, that sounds so great. I'll do that one day. That one day could be today. Every decision you make can be working towards inclusive environment or a non-inclusive environment, right? But it shifts you towards having a time where everything becomes inclusive in the way that you are building the culture. And I think if we can go back to this whole new approach to leadership is and we know that and, and work out what though as a collective what that core vision is that we're working towards and yeah. the conversation today feels like that it's adding value not taking away from humanity going forward then what is our next step out we know we've started to, you know having conversation around problems we've had conversations around what is you know possible opportunities concepts, thoughts, and going, okay, now we know those are all the things that we'd like to see. Now we know that these are the problems we've got. That's our starting point. So as a collective, from our conversation today, what do we say is the next step that all of us start doing and start shifting towards? What is the outcome we all desire and want? We're going to do it differently, but what? how could we as a collective agree that this could be that next step? Maybe it's as simple as all of us are going to agree that we don't want judgment zone in what we're doing, building in our own little spheres, whatever. I'm not sure. I'd love thoughts. Oh, Ethan. Uh, yeah. I was just looking at one of the comments while you guys were talking about all you were talking about, mm. but one of the ones that caught my eye was, do we need a 1,000-year plan? <laughs> you help us smile and laugh, but maybe, maybe it will take a long time, but that's yeah. fine. Change takes a long time. Oh, I love that's that. Cool. Uh, yes. 
And that is the thing with sustainability and why I talk about sustainability all the time. Sustainability is not the quick fix. We're not saying, hey, now we know all this, put these three things in place, it's all going to go away. Boom. Right? We're not saying that. We're saying, hey, over time, what are some of those shifts that we can do Mm. in our culture that we're creating, helping to create, because all of us help to create what culture is out there in the leadership landscape right now, and what can we do to shift that forward to maybe a thousand-year plan? I love your your challenge, Kira Marie, of putting humanity at the centre of decision-making. And I would like to, because that has got so many connotations around That's it. so broad. Yeah. And at, but at the same time, I think to do that, we have to be willing to accept that we will mess up, yeah. that we will make mistakes, that we might make the wrong decision from a diversity perspective, that we might upset somebody, that we might say the wrong thing, that we might make the wrong decision. Because unless we are okay to mess up, how are we ever going to learn? Because if there's always a fear of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, making the wrong decision, all we get, and I'm taking it right down to sort of micro level now, all we get is organisations putting policies in place that become tick boxes to say that they have humanity at the centre of decision making. Those of us that work in organisations know that it doesn't matter how many policies are in place, it's all bullshit. (laughs) Talking from a female perspective. So it's like we've got to be brave enough to have, to make mistakes and to be, it's okay to be pulled up on it, but yeah. we're not dragged through the calls and made an example of that it just stops people speaking up. I don't know. I think that, that concept of humanity at the centre of decision-making is awesome. And I think, yes, yes. it's broad, but it, it's okay to make mistakes as we work towards that. No, I don't think it's okay. It's a necessity. Yeah. We have to, and this is yeah. where we come back. If humanity is, and this is going to be a massive topic on not next month, but the the month after is humanity as stakeholders. We will go deeper into conversation around this. But if you think about it, reality is if humanity are the stakeholders at the decision table, then we've got to be human. I don't know about you, but I'm imperfect. As a human, I make mistakes. I fail time and time again but I'm also always evolving. I'm learning. And I think that if we can bring that back into leadership, as a human, we turn up as a human, as a leader. And leadership is going to look different. Leadership is going to change. Leadership, the way we do leadership, will be in a different way because we're turning up as humans first. And leadership is part of who we are and what we do. And we want to be doing that more effectively because from that comes the impact that we bring to the table. And if we truly are thinking about the impact that we're bringing as a leader, then we will care what decisions we are making at the decision table. And that's kind of what it is. So let's bring this all back together. We have said there's this new approach needed. We go, yes, humanity as stakeholders at the center but then we go how do we now do this in a micro way how do we start doing what do we agree on here we might disagree on the the different ways that it can be done but maybe there's a 
there's something that we can take as a step that we do all agree on. What could that be? Nikhil, any thoughts? Oh, my first reflection of that, well, it starts with the individual. Like you've, you've got to be willing to step up yourself. But I think that's almost, that's almost a bit of a platitude, to be honest. I think it goes much, much deeper than that. And I think what we've got to do is we need to be respectful but challenging our current beliefs around what it is that we're doing, about what it is we're believing. Because if we just keep believing the way the things that we've always done and we use that as a lens to go through, well, this is the way it works, then we're going to keep doing that. No matter how much we keep saying we want to be the new approach to leadership, we need to actually rattle those beliefs at our very core. You know, as they said, yeah. It's exactly, that's what it is. We've got to rattle our beliefs at our own individual core, but also not be afraid to then question those who are nearest and dearest to us and then take that out further into the community. I think that's a progressive thing. Yeah. Well, is we need to challenge our own individual beliefs, not just accept them for what they are. So that's, I get that, but how do we do that as a collective that have been on this conversation? Otherwise, we're just having a lovely conversation, yeah. right? And yeah. how changes from this conversation? I haven't learned anything. I'm not taking anything from this. Maybe I am, but how do we know that a change has happened? And maybe it's just that we start questioning differently. I don't know. Like, that's what I'm interested to hear from you guys and then figure out what this could be as a collective. Come back to me on that. I think that the one thing, and this is it, that there is a one thing that we can agree on from this table and that that will be something we put in place or do differently that will start helping shift the style forward. One thing I think, too, it goes back to identity, too. First, you need to identify what is it that you want to change. What is it in your leadership style or whatever area, what is it that you want to change? And then when you say you want to change it, now implement it. These conversations are happening. They're happening here. They're happening somewhere else. Maybe it's a trickle, but it's happening somewhere. So if you're listening and you're tuning into the conversation, where I go back to what I said before, where did you find yourself in this conversation? Because if it's going to start with you and you want to be part of the change, then you need to find out what areas that you want to be different in. What areas do you want to correct? A lot of times from childhood, from society, from our school, we were taught so many different things. Like Nikhil said, let's go back and let's evaluate that. If it does not serve you for where you are right now, how about we let it go? How about we change that because it doesn't serve us anymore? And now let's find out the areas that we can control and can change. And maybe that means letting it go. Maybe it means just being released in those areas because they're, they, they, they're not a part of your, who you are right now because you are evolving. You are changing. You are, let's embrace that change. It's something that's very hard. But to really be a part of what's happening now, you have to embrace it. The world is changing right now. So if you sit and you say, well, I'm going to sit in my house, then you're going to start crazy. So why don't you change something and be different? It's okay. Because whether you be different, the world is different anyway. So be a part of it or be isolated. And we want you to be included. That's what it includes. We want to include you in it. That's why we're having these conversations. We're having it so that you can hear it. Not only listen, sometimes you listen and you don't hear. Let's listen to it, let's hear it, and then let's move. And then let's come back and talk. Come back with the feedback. Come back with your feedback and tell us how did it change? Because change always show up. 
You can't say you change and no one sees it. When there's a change, it shows. So come back to us and tell us. Come back to Kimberly and tell us, I was changed by this. I used to do this. That's how we're able to see that there's a, that somebody is coming up being bold to say, listen, I found myself in that conversation and I changed. Janae? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the intention, particularly in what you've created, Kiramari is there, right? Is an intention to be and a commitment to be a brick in the wall of church. But together, that brick can become a very powerful force of change. And I, for me, I think that the commitment from this conversation comes from a comment that Jason posted earlier, where it's a willingness to actually see what is going on under the road, a willingness to actually go deeper under the road and get curious as to what is really going on, what's the real fears, the real concerns, the real questions. And I think as leaders, it's that willingness to go under the road and bring that stuff to the surface that will drive you. So maybe to wrap it up, it's like, and it comes back to curiosity. But I think curiosity is still not, not strong enough, but it's like you've got to go deeper. You've got to ask that difficult question. You've got to have the conversation that people are afraid to have. You've got to really see what is going on under the surface that if you were to prod it a bit, it would come up because therein are the answers. Therein are the answers that we're looking for that will absolutely set the change off. I don't think we're having enough proper conversations. We're having surface-level conversations. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, I think this is brought up so much. I think that it's, you know, we've definitely been curious here and created awareness around many different things that we see are so important in moving and shifting the style forward. I think what is interesting also is then how we can see how others can come and be a part of being that change. I think what is difficult is and something that I'd love to finish up on, and that is the question around the fact that this we've had this conversation. We're now starting to ask questions on what that would mean for us, maybe the people around us. What's the next step? What do we do? And I'd love to hear from every single one. What's the next step? Janine, what's the next step? I think that's part of the challenge is that there is a one, two, three, four, five, six to this, which is probably why you know, we're all having the same conversation. But what there are so many next steps. If we're really, really wanting to put humanity in the centre of decision making, if we're really truly wanting to create that thousand year plan, if we're really truly wanting to create a legacy and a new way of living and working as humanity, then we have to accept that this is an ongoing process. And then every single day, making sure that all of those things become part of how you interact, how you connect, how you make decisions, how you can say yes or no. And it's a commitment to doing things differently, not hurting into comfort zone. Right. It could be the deeper questions. It could be that judgment. It could be asking the difficult question. It could be standing up for 
somebody that is quietly can see has something to say but is scared to speak. It could be challenging the person at the top on their decisions that they're making. It could be pulling out policies that are now outdated. So it's so unique, Kira Marie. Um, I love it. Well, there is a step one. I think it's about lots of steps. And are you here? Are you on it with me? Mm, I yeah. love it. I think for me, if there was a next step for me, probably similar to what Jenny was saying, but I think the way I'd articulate it for myself is that I need to have the courage to step forth and talk to people, to talk to more people. I, I mean, I've got some pretty zany ideas, and usually I keep them to myself, but, but I think that's part of, you know, part of me being a leader is that. I think he thinks he keeps it to himself, but I've heard some zany ideas. Yeah. Maybe I don't keep them to myself, but maybe what I do need to do is I need to be more firm and more stronger yeah. in them and, and accept my own difference in who I am and yeah. understand that I may not be fitting that mould of, of traditional leadership and that's okay. That's mm. perfectly fine because, you know, by my own definition, you know, not everyone's going to be a leader. You know, some people may want to follow, but I know I'm the guy that wants to instigate change, you know, mm. and there's certain things that I want to see out there. Now do I have the courage to go out and do that? That's my discomfort. You know, sometimes I'm too scared of saying things yeah. because I'm like, oh, crap, I'm going to rock the boat. You know what I mean? Oh, geez, I'm just going to be, you know, ostracized from my family, my community, whatever. So I think it's like, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Hey, I'm not going to starve. Wild animals ain't going to get me. I think it is okay. Have the courage. Step up, you know, and just speak it. Speak your truth. I don't say that more for myself, but I say that for other people out there who are kind of yeah. resonating with the same vibration I am. Love it. Dean? I love what y'all are saying. And I, and I think, too, how to change, how to do the next step. How about you just change the area that you're in? Sometimes you want to go and you want to say, I want to change the world. But you have a little area right here in your home. You have a little area right in your block. Maybe that you are assigned to your block. How about you go and change there? It's sometimes just start small. That little space, that one person you go to change can have a nation inside them that's going to change it. Mm. How about you start there? A lot of times, sometimes just start small. The little things can add up and really, really make a big impact. But we minimize the little thing. We want to go for the real big, big thing. If you're not there, don't let that not stop you. Start in your own home. Start on your block. Start. How about start when you go to the store and you pass somebody? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, is there anything that I can do when I wake up in the morning? Is there someone that I need to change? Is there someone that I may pass by that I may say something nice to them? And the reason why I say that, because I remember a group of us as leaders went out. We didn't go out for nothing big. Nothing, we just went out. They went to an event, but this one lady said, if no one says nothing to me, I'm going to take my life. And because we went over to her and showed kindness, she said, I am forever changed. I thought no one loved me. So sometimes the change is just telling someone that good morning or just acknowledging them. That is a big change. And because of what that lady said, whenever I go out, whenever I get up, I who can I make? What change can I make? Who can I speak to? Sometimes I say to them that I don't know them. I may say, not cast my belief on anyone, but I may say, Jesus loves you. Oh, I love you. So people that I don't even know, 
Why? Because somebody told me one day that they love me and it changed my life. So I remember those little cycles, those little things that 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 you was implemented in your own life that changed you. How about you pass them on? Each one, teach one, right? Let's pass it on to someone else and you never know what kind of change they can make. Mm, love yeah, that. What about you, Ethan? That is a very interesting story. Mm, powerful, hey? Yeah. Yeah. And it's in the little things that often uh, it brings the big, big change, thing. right? What about you? How can you or what have you taken from this conversation? I could have said this a long time ago, but words have a very great power to them. Yeah. So what we're saying has been pretty powerful, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the one thing, just to finish up, and I want to thank every single one of you for being here, Ethan, Lee, Nikhil, Janine. What a privilege and honour to have you just so open yeah. here at the table. What I think is one of the things that we can all agree on is that there is a commitment to us shifting that dial forward and that change needed and for each one of us to be a part of that change and that this is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. And this conversation has begun a process of how we can step forward, how we can be part of the change and that we're not isolated because already we've got a few people who are collectively thinking hey, we need to commit to this, we need to keep shifting the dial and we are wanting to see humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. And I think, you know, that is such a privilege to be in this space with others that are going to be, from this moment, continue maybe or going to or evolve to the next level of what that looks like. And I think for me, I'm very grateful to know that there are others that want to see leadership, you know, go to its next level. Yeah. And that as individuals, you guys stand stronger in who you are as leaders, but as a collective, we stand strong knowing that we are all part of shifting that forward. So... Dean, if you were to leave us with a few words, what is it? Don't be afraid of change. Love that. Ethan, if you leave us with a few words, what is it? Well, if I were to add on to what Dee said, it'd be don't be afraid of change, but embrace it. Mm. I love that. Thank you, Ethan. Nikhil. Get comfortable with unfamiliarity. Mm. Yes. Yes, I love it. Janine. Every single action you take, every single decision you make, every single word that comes out of your mouth has an impact to the left and the right of you, above and below you. And as a result, it can create a little change for good or a change for not so good. So be intentional about your everyday actions and ensure that they're about contributing to that longer-term legacy of change. Yeah. Love that. And my thing would be that every decision you make impacts humanity going forward or not, whether it's adding value or taking away from. 
So let's be part of the change that is needed, that we all agree on is needed and continues to be needed. And let's not do it as lone islands in isolation, but let's join together as a collective to to do this better and have better conversations and make this change a sustainable change. So thank you, everybody, for coming. We did it. Yes. I'm going to end this broadcast now. So thank you and thank you to all our listeners, whether you have stayed faithfully right through or, you know, are on the... I know it was a long one, but it's it's a (laughs) great I will admit, at parts I was starting to. <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying, all right. Oh, you probably why. <laughs> so Ethan will go and eat some breakfast now. I'm going to end this broadcast. Thank you to all those that have been here through this long conversation, and then those that come on. It was the a replay. very necessary one. Yeah, he yeah. said it. What a great way to finish. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.